everybody, I'm Brendan Crowley, President of County Wexford Chamber. And I'm Emma Dunphy, CEO of County Wexford Chamber. You're now listening to our County Wexford Chamber business podcast. Today we're joined by Brendan Ennis, who's the CEO of Wexford Enterprise Centre. Brendan was the recent recipient of the County Wexford Ambassador of the Year Award for at the County Wexford Chamber Awards. So, welcome along, Brendan. Thank you for having me, guys. Very good of you. Yeah, um, so Brennan, you have lived and worked in Wexford all your life. Um, there's so many different achievements, I, I don't even know where we start on, certainly in the areas of enterprise development, um, social enterprise, social inclusion, um, you're definitely known to many for. Um, I suppose in relation to the Wexford Enterprise Association, um, which you're known for the CEO, um, certainly for its consistent innovation, um, different actions and results and so many achievements up there to date. Um, you might just tell us a little bit about the Wexford Enterprise Association uh, before we dive into a couple of questions. I will. So, and this uh, this happened before my time. So I okay. joined in 1996, but the organisation actually set up in 1986 in the middle of mm-hmm. a recession. So a group of local business people uh, church people and local authority people got together and they said, look, yeah. we're in the middle of a very deep recession, mid-80s. National Aluminium at the time that had the premises that we are now in mm-hmm. Perlog, uh, they had just folded with okay. the loss of over 400 jobs. And a group of local people got together. This was before task forces or Enterprise Ireland or anything mm. like that. And they got together and said, look, if we don't help ourselves, Wexford mm. is going one direction and... So they set up what was called Wexford Community Development Association at the time, uh, which is now Wexford Enterprise mm. Association. And they leased uh, a part of the premises in Curlogue, a very old, dilapidated building, but it's all they could afford. And they gave out space very cheaply to new startup companies, primarily to start with that had come from the National Aluminium Collapse. And mm-hmm. it was a way just to see... Uh, there was no even enterprise centres in Ireland at the time. Okay. So Wexford was the first enterprise centre in the country. And they had heard about these things called enterprise centres in England. So some of them did some research. Uh, they were very pioneering, very ambitious, and took a huge risk on doing it. But that's history, as mm-hmm. they say. So Wexford Enterprise Centre, in its first iteration, um, st- opened in 1989. Okay. Yeah. So, so it all begun. That's where it all began. I came on board then in 96. Um, so there was a lot of struggles. Yeah. At the time, it was a hard time. The organisation had you know, made a name and put all their efforts into helping others, but what they needed to do at that time was to actually help themselves a little bit. Right. Uh, do you know when sometimes you're on a plane and the captain says, in the event of loss of oxygen, an oxygen mask, put yours on mm-hmm. before you service yeah. the child? It was like that. So in order for us to keep going and keep the doors open, we needed to look at how we as an organization worked, operated and funded ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the work started on that then in 96 when, when we came in. Brilliant. And now, in the, if you don't mind me asking, so up in the Enterprise Centre, now, how many businesses do you have? We have 33 at the moment, employing 185 oh. staff. Yeah, And um, 
So it's a busy, it's a busy, mm-hmm. uh, busy place. It started at when I joined. It was about seventeen thousand square feet. It's seventy thousand square feet now. So uh, it's a sizable piece of property. Uh, it takes a lot of managing, but the companies we have, they have the space to grow within yeah. the centre. Mm-hmm. So lots of the businesses we have started off with a very small office, and now they're in a much bigger office, employing mm. ten or fifteen people. So it allows that scope within the one. Yeah. And as important, because all businesses go through cycles, as important, uh, they can also downscale without moving it. Mm. Yes. For periods of time, mm-hmm. even if it's only for three or four months that yeah. they need to do it, we can facilitate that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a very brave step, Brendan, back in, uh, you know, in National Aluminium Clothes, the people who got together to actually start the Enterprise Centre. Yeah. Very brave and and and. So, you know, uh, move because 400 jobs in Wexford at that time was the equivalent of uh, when Dell moved out of Limerick. It yeah. was a massive loss to Wexford. Um, and in fairness... Uh, and a know, hard time, a very, you know, interest rates were 14%. Something, something we haven't, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so unemployment levels were already extremely high without that. So it was a very, very risky decision to make. Um, and a lot of them put their own money behind that as donations to get it up and going, you know. So you can't underestimate. Look, Wexford, my opinion is Wexford by its nature is a very entrepreneurial county. Always has been. Uh, you stick a compass into the middle of Wexford Town, you swing a 90 mile radius, half of that is in the Irish Sea. So we've always had challenges. So we've had to be creative and innovative and push boundaries in order to survive, really. Mm. And that has stood us well. You know, that has stood us well. Uh, I think the the um, you know when you look at the you mentioned there that you know very well point very well made that the organisation had to learn to look after itself as well, which is I, I think what happens a lot of businesses they start off small and they start to grow and grow and grow and they don't have time to look after themselves and it's kind of sometimes it can spiral out of control you know before they realise we need to put the brakes on here, but. You also mentioned, Brendan, how many businesses, I think you said there's 33 businesses in the Enterprise Centre at the moment, but my own uh, experience of it, you haven't been a neighbour of the, the Enterprise mm-hmm. Centre and, and at one stage a resident in part of the, that campus, is that there's many, many businesses that started there and actually developed and moved on, you know, so it's been fantastic uh, mm-hmm. to grow businesses and your business probably outgrew the enterprise center to an extent and 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 so, hopefully so yeah yeah that's the whole aim is for that to happen you know we we have companies that came in as one person and now they're at 60 yeah. employees yeah. outside so overall i think we're approaching from day one of the center the bones of approaching 2000 jobs now we've helped in the mm-hmm. creation of yeah so, i think i think at one stage I heard it being referred to as an incubation centre and I think it was the first time I really heard of a, an enterprise centre mm. say being referred to as an incubation, incubation centre and that's really mm. the point I would make there that it's, yeah. it's you know while the centre continues to grow and as you say the beauty of it is that businesses haven't the risk of real estate if you like in terms of moving out and finding a new premise and being stuck with it if there's a bit of a downturn mm. that's that's a real comfort to businesses that are there and it's fantastic and also like from a social inclusion perspective Brendan the workforce there you know isn't it there, there are several programs there am I correct in so Wexford Enterprise Centre is a division of Wexford Enterprise Association but it has other divisions yeah and each of them operate they all underneath operate under the same great board and senior management team 
but they're all completely separate and they actually even trade with each other. Mm -hmm. So we have Wexford Enterprise Centre, we have a division called Data Group and we have a division called Recycling 2000. Then we have side projects like TradeBridge and TechEvade and other things that we do. But within our own programmes, Data Group is a very professional information management company. It manages data for a lot of Ireland's well-known names, both in the commercial and healthcare sectors. Uh, we've grown that project up to employ about 14, 15 staff alone just within that. And something we're very proud of within Data Group is from day one, uh, we've put in an inclusion policy into the program that 50% of our staff at all time will have a physical challenge to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and they work at the top of their field. And we would say, we would, but we would say that um, what they do, they do the best in the country. And um, it shows you that when you match ability to task, as this thing from looking at a disability, which yeah, we never do, yeah. uh, you can gain huge results and competitive advantage, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Recycling 2000 and we collect a new sprint from all over the county and we make equine products and then we sell and distribute that nationwide. Yeah. So it's a busy organisation. That's apart from the outside work that we do from you know, outside. But look, it's easy to kind of sit here, but I'm, it's like the person that scores the goal on a team. Mm. That's not who made the goal. Yeah, so yeah. I have an amazing team behind me, both on our staff and also on our board. So that's the team. And yeah. that's, uh, that's the, um, that combined effort is what makes us whatever we are, we're not. Yeah. Um, I'm very proud of it, actually. And you've also developed a partnership with state agencies in order to um, gain international prominence. So I know you touched on TradeBridge there, and I suppose one of the recent uh, initiatives was facilitating trade uh, between Ireland and the US. So you might just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so in 2000, so we have a history going back whereby we call them special projects. So our organisation would have a view that uh, dreaming big is, is good. Um, now, they have to be realistic what you dream, but the dream big is good. And also, we don't see that the borders of Ireland should mm. be a boundary at all. So mm-hmm. we have ran, run many projects that are both obviously local, mm-hmm. regional, national, but also international. Uh, and we had done a number of those. But in 2017, we became aware of this relationship between Savannah and Wexford Town. And the more we learned about it and we took in a group of visitors from Savannah, we found that, you know, Savannah has a very large, it's in the state of Georgia, southern states. It has a very large Irish diaspora, but 60% of that diaspora come from one place. They they travelled from one place during Mm. the famine, which was Wexford. Mm -hmm. So County Wexford. So a lot of names in Savannah are Doyles, Rossiters, Quijos. These are big business names in Savannah and they're all ancestors of ours. So we were invited over to Savannah in 2017 to look at their enterprise support models that they were running and to see could we help them develop those a little bit more Mm. like the ones we've developed ourselves. As part of that work, uh, it was very plain to see that Irish companies exporting into the US, normally, not always, but normally will go through the routes of Chicago, Boston, New York, or the West Coast. Okay. But no one had developed an actual trade route 
between Ireland and the southern states. Yeah. And they're a very big population base within and very commercially driven. So when we came back, um, myself and our chair at the time, Eamon Murphy, put together a policy document, which was how do we create a new trade corridor between the start with Wexford and Savannah. Mm -hmm. So with the support of uh, Wexford County Council and Enterprise Ireland, we developed a trade bridge pilot. And that ran from 2017 to 2019 uh, with a lady that uh, ran it on a day-to-day basis us called Alison Stone and Alison did a great job of it and the purpose of that pilot was to see could we form the relationships we needed in mm. order for trade to flow. At the same time we brought uh, 12-15 companies, Wexford companies over to Savannah and we had the same number of companies from Savannah come over to Wexford to look at could we open up trade corridors. Uh, just at the end of 2019 Coming off the success of the pilot, we applied to Enterprise Ireland for a three-year funding for a regional development program. So a trade bridge developed between, say, phase one, which was Wexford and Savannah, to phase two, which was southeast Ireland and southeast Georgia. Um, And then COVID hit, Mm. and that kind of put put the brakes on that for a couple of years. We kept in very close contact, but we... The magic sauce of Tradebridge are the relationships we've been able to build with key decision makers in the US. Um, So we're in the fortunate position now. Things have lifted, restrictions have lifted. Uh, We have funding for the next three years in place. We have offices set up in both here and the US. And in September, we'll be going fully live with a new project manager in Ireland and a new project manager in the US, both of them working together to drive the commercial relationship between Southeast Ireland and Southeast Georgia. Hopefully after that three years, if we can prove that works, then it'll go to uh, Ireland and the state of Georgia mm. as two new trade yeah. blocks. And we work with a lot of government agencies in relation to even getting that ready to go. So I can ask you, Brendan, essentially what you're saying there is through this, through the trade bridge network, or for the want of a better expression, a rather than us trying to sell to somebody in Savannah from Ireland, you actually have somebody making the links for you in uh, America and vice versa. Rather than American companies trying to uh, uh, make links here, we have somebody on the ground here to, to, to make the connections for them is really what we're about here. Is that correct? It is. And the two of those teams work as one team. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the Irish side, we have a full team structure based around that person and the same yeah. in, the, in the US, identical structures set up the same mm-hmm. in the US. Um, and not only that, but what, what we were able to do during the pilot phase is we were able to forge partnerships with the key decision makers. So whether you're talking about education, mm-hmm. you see GSU, Georgia Southern University, yeah, yeah. now has their first international campus in in Wexford, uh, the council were huge drivers of that project. But Tradebridge came in and did its mm. bit as part of that to make sure we could mm. get that off the line, and we still do. So actually on our advisory group, GSU sit on our advisory yeah, group yeah. for it. Um, and the key was to build these partnerships with key decision makers across all of the sectors. Mm-hmm. And that's really where the magic is, because if we have an Irish company looking to break into whether it's an aviation sector or it's a a machine manufacturing or an R&D, 
we have all the people on the ground that can point us in the right direction. And more than that, they open the door. They actually open the door. Now, after that, it's up to the company yeah. themselves to be able to exploit. But Tradebridge will definitely get a door open for you with the right level of contact that you need in order to give an Irish company the best possible chance of doing trade in the US. That's brilliant. Okay, so it's, it's, it really is it's a little bit of a hand-holding thing in a way for businesses who are not used to or haven't had the opportunity to go and trade overseas in the past. Uh, and I don't mean to make that sound very, what do you call it? No, but, but, but it is. You're dead right. Yeah, it's important for a lot of, like a lot of indigenous businesses here would have been probably afraid to consider trying yeah. to trying to do business in, in uh, yeah. across the Atlantic where, you know, this facility will, will help that. Look, we, we have... Like Georgia as a state, now we deal in the southeast of Georgia. Hopefully, in three years' time, Ireland will deal with the state of yeah, Georgia. Yeah. But at the moment, like, but our contacts go right up to the Commissioner for Economic Development for the state, uh, the XCOO of the state. Like, these are very mm-hmm. serious people that, um, if they feel the match is right, can open up huge opportunities and look at a time when a lot of Saudis businesses would have been exporting into the UK market with the whole of the Brexit situation we felt ourselves that the advancement of trade bridge was timely in that we can open up new international markets Um, I'm not saying you get a red carpet when you land but you get as as close Mm. to red Mm. as Mm. I've ever seen Mm. Um, and they really do want to do business with us like the team in the US, um, they see Wexford and the Southeast region as part of themselves. They've been yeah, built by Wexford yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's, it's heartfelt and it's genuine. And, and Brenda, we've talked about the college, the campus, uh, you know, which is their first mm-hmm. overseas campus, uh, in, which is across the road from us here in, in, mm-hmm. in the former county hall in Wexford. And uh, I believe that this year we'll probably see 50 or 60 students come in for uh, either a semester or two semesters. Yeah. What, how would you see that growing in the future? What potential do you see there? So at the moment, uh, a group of 61 were here about two, three weeks ago, and that's 61 visitors encompassed um, about 20-odd students, uh, about seven or eight um, lecturing staff. Yeah. Uh, the senior executive of the university and also 21 of their alumni, which are, you know, very successful mm-hmm. people that have mm-hmm. gone through Georgia Southern and they have heard about the Irish campus and they wanted to come over yeah. to experience it. Um, it's public knowledge that um, there's a big job of work to be done on the Adoration Convent in Bright Street and that's going to be turned into an accommodation block, a mm. campus for the students to stay in when they're here. Okay. So uh, this year we're going to target about 50 students uh, going into next year then bringing that up to 80 students. Yeah. And the whole core of that is not just that they're here but we're going to open up internship programs um, whereby those students can actually get job placements in Southeast mm. businesses and with with the amazing news of our new university coming. We're also going to work in relation to bringing students from our new university in over to the US to give them internship programs in the US. Mm. So it'll be, you know, yeah. bilateral internship programs running as well as the educational side of it. And all of this helps to build trade, all of this. If you have U.S. students cutting their teeth in businesses 
in Ireland, when they go into their positions back in the US, they're going to go back with a favourable approach to doing, doing business mm-hmm. with Irish businesses, the Saudis businesses, and vice versa. So with all of the work around the connections between the Savannah area and the Wexford areas and the southeast, the two southeasts, we see that our hope is in 50 years time when you look at doing trade with the US, as well as New York, Chicago, Boston, yeah. and the West Coast, automatically the southern counties of the US will, will come into play and vice versa. Because remember, we're the only natural English speaking country left in Europe. Mm. Uh, we have, uh, we punch way above our weight in Europe. So we want to see the southeast of Ireland become a landing pad for US companies wanting to break into the European market. And we want them to base themselves in Wexford and the southeast of Ireland. In fairness, Brendan, the award and and you said yourself it was your team, not you, who won the award. 100%. uh, But at the end of the day, every team has someone leading it. So Mm -hmm. there's a bit of leadership uh, uh, required or the team wouldn't be as successful as it is. Uh, But... uh, um, it takes a lot of your time because at the end of the day, you know, your, your, your day job and there's a lot of this work you're putting in is not your core day-to-day work. So yeah. where do you find the time? Um, so I like work. always have like, you know, I've, I enjoy work. I enjoy the people I work with. And it's hard to turn off <laughs> thoughts and walk away from opportunities. So um, I'm blessed in that. Um, I I hold a position that allows me to operate within a lot of different fields, mm. and you know as we set up projects. So my role, like I, uh, Liz Brino is my uh, chief operations officer. So my role in a way has become easier, whereby I don't need to get so involved in the day to day operations mm. of all the mm. divisions at the moment and that allows me a certain freedom to be able to see how can we push boundaries in other areas at the core of ending everything the Wexford Enterprise Association wants to do is open opportunities for Wexford based primarily businesses in County Wexford Uh, and sometimes we spread that out into the southeast or out nationally but at the core of it what drives us is can we create new opportunities that don't currently exist mm. for Wexford companies to benefit from. Yeah. At the core of everything we do, we look at job creation. It's been a huge, like if you look at our mission statement going back right to 1986, it's all based around the creation of sustainable employment. So that affords me the time to be able to do what I do. And I'm blessed that we have built a great network of people. So if you were to say what's the biggest skill that uh, the association has is the biggest skill is it's a, it's its ability to bring in other organizations mm. way bigger than what we are mm-hmm. to share our vision to work with us so if you were to look at a graph of, of say all the partners organizations we have within all the different sectors we operate like they're very substantial organizations that partner with us so our kind of our role is to, we see it is to see opportunities. We would very much class ourselves as social entrepreneurs. So we see opportunities and then it's to bring together the right team of people of mostly organizations and some individuals 
that give us the best chance to make that program successful. Mm. So we're we're kind of just like the centre hub of mm-hmm. it, but most of the work is done around mm. the outskirts. Mm. So, but we're good at pulling and being able to identify the skill sets that we need to make that program yeah. work. But we it would be completely disingenuous to say that we we're the people that drive yeah. each and every one of the project. We're the people that drive our partner organisations that then deliver the program. Yeah. Fair play. Are you a guy who uh, has a notebook and pen beside the bed there, Brendan? <laughs> <laughs> in case an idea comes into your head in the middle of the night. Actually, <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. No, look, in fairness, like, it's fantastic. And, and I, I, I think there's, I think there's exciting times ahead in, fair, in fairness, mm-hmm. like, uh, on, on, on a number of fronts. And, uh, so I would say hats off to you and, and well done and keep up the good work. Yeah, I, I just have to ask before we conclude, Brendan, because the fact that this is our first year uh, with the category of County Wexford Ambassador of the Year, what did it mean to you individually to well, to win that? Well, the first thing it, it meant to me was shock <laughs> <laughs> um, because I didn't know I was receiving it yeah. and um, and I hadn't heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Um but the first emotion that hit me really was, and I mean this genuinely, was proud, pride for mm. our team mm. um, that give up so much, yeah. you know, of from our board that are totally voluntary, that give up so much of their time and their energy and the goodness uh, out of the goodness of their heart. So, so pride that I'm one of that team. Mm. Pride that I've been given the opportunity to lead that team. Um, so, yeah, so pride, I would say. Okay. You know, and um, just a huge appreciation that we would be, I would be considered. Mm. Um, if you had have asked me before, would I have considered myself for that? I would have said no. Uh, or why you give me that? <laughs> um can I just say now, Brendan, we can't give you free parking or anything <laughs> along with it. <laughs> Not the freedom of the borough or the yeah. town, but... Uh, and I don't have any sheep to graze. <laughs> so, but look, no. th- uh, thank you all very much. And thank you. And we wish you continued success, uh, Brendan. And thanks for joining us here this afternoon uh, to come chat with myself and Brendan. Cheers. Thank you.